1: You're listening to the Corona Diaries, a sometimes random and often irreverent attempt to understand the psyche of singer Steve Hogarth. Hello, and welcome to chapter 78 of the Corona Diaries.
0: Yeah. Oh, my and, lord.
1: Oh, my (laughs) Lord. And somebody mentioned in the the Patreon chat that I seem to be extending out the intro to the point where it's taking over the entire episode. Well, well, I'm grateful. I'm grateful. I I mean, you know, less
0: work for me, isn't it? Yeah, gives you amount to centre. I can just go, yes, every now
1: and again. So the question I had to ask myself was, am I going to drop you in it from the first possible moment I can in the podcast? And, of course, the answer is yes. yes. So would you like to tell everybody what you texted me at half eleven last night?
0: Oh, I can't remember. But it would have been something like, um, can we put tomorrow's podcast off until the afternoon because I've left my phone in Bista and I'm not quite sure where... Um, and i and 'm very depressed about it, uh, and um, i 've got to sort it out first thing in the morning, which is what I did. so I worked so you said yes, that 's fine. and I got up this morning and uh, went through the hell process of trying to get hold of view cinema's customer services. <laughs> never do that people um because it's 9 p.m. minute once you actually get through on the phone and then Ooh. they put you on hold i was fourth in the queue and after half an hour i gave up so i think they were fibbing about me being fourth in the queue unless they were explaining the meaning of life to all four of them i think it's just a bit of a ruse to run up money on the mm. on the phone bill um so, thirty minutes at nine p m minute It's not too bad, really. It's a piffling three pounds sixty um which I'd rather they'd paid me for listening to the bloody music go round and round and round <laughs> uh anyway, I got no luck there um but then a very nice man from view cinemas in in Bister phoned me up and said, "I've got a phone here it's driving me round the twist it keeps beeping um." So kudos to Apple for um, designing their iPhone in such a way that once you do the find my phone thing and, and report it lost, you can put a phone number in that turns up on the front screen asking whoever's found it to give you a jingle. So that's what happened. So I went and got the app missed the morning podcast and when i got back i realized i'd also missed a zoom call to radio somerset at 9 and the dentist at 9:30 <laughs> <laughs> dentist charged me 30 quid to to cancel <laughs> to
1: cancel an appointment you'd missed
0: <laughs> yeah and the, the 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 man at bbc somerset will probably never speak to me again
1: <laughs> what were you what were you talking to somerset about
0: Oh, it's just plugs, plugs right. for the forthcoming tour. I think because Somerset is fairly close to to Bath, and we're playing Bath. I think um, you know they're just trying to get us a bit of plugage on Radio Somerset, Right. and I hope it's better than Radio Devon. That's all I've got <laughs> to say.
1: <laughs> you you'll have missed all those questions this morning, won't you? <laughs> yes. So, Steve, tell me, does it bother you
0: at all when people keep asking you about fish after all of these years? (laughs) On the BBC. No, not at all. In fact, I'm hoping you will for another 30 years. That'll be lovely.
1: I was having this conversation with one of your colleagues from Devon just the (laughs) other week. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yes i remind you that Dunt is a four-letter word. <laughs>
0: yes, I don't think he was called Dunt.
1: <laughs> well, it probably wasn't before the start of the conversation. It might have been by the end. Um, <laughs> all right, so you missed Somerset and you missed it. The... I love the idea that the dentist will now charge you for cancelling an appointment you've missed. Well, it's because,
0: you know, he, he looks at it as... as... I don't know, half an hour out of his life that he won't get back which mm. I suppose is fair enough but he could always take a break and have a bacon sandwich or something or if he's a vegan eat a bit of dust Yeah,
1: yeah Well it's it's not that you've not contributed you know, dental-wise over the pandemic have you? You've, you've done I've, your share?
0: I've kept that man afloat, frankly You have, you have. <laughs> Although I am very pleased with my implant So, um, but but kudos, kudos to my local dentist, Arjun, in Brackley for putting me a nice implant in.
1: Mm. Up until the point where he charged me for the appointment that I missed. (laughs) I wonder if he does hip replacements. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he's got the weekend. (laughs) We'll
0: get this tour out the way, I'll probably need one.
1: So i was gonna I was going to ask you about James Bond because that's what you'd been oh, to yeah. see when you lost the <laughs> iPhone, but I haven't seen it yet, so I can't give can be no spoilers no,
0: no well, all I can tell you is it's it's long but doesn't mm. seem that long, mm. so that when you're in a in a car park where you overstay after three hours, you do get back to a ticket, which was another highlight of the movie for <laughs> me um and so, uh, yeah, it was very good, but it has caused me a lot of stress. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jimmy Bond, not as much stress as if he'd shot me or thrown me off a bridge, but a fair amount nonetheless. A
1: fair amount nonetheless. Um, I was going to mention just because it, it it dawned on me while I was reading the diary um, mm. this morning. Uh, we've got we've got thirty pages. 30 pages mm-hmm. of this diary to go, of volume mm-hmm. one, and then that's it. We've we've done all of volume one.
0: Blimey. So volume two should take us a year and a half then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Christ. Something to look forward to. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> I've not thought about it quite like that.
0: <laughs> oh, I, I'm afraid I think about things like that.
1: Yeah. Like that. Do you think we'll both see another, you know, Two year summers. and a half.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I think you will. All right. <laughs> I, I could bring and you and tell you about it, but I've I, no idea who i get. I don't know who I've got this far, let alone next year. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, Yvonne. Well, Yvonne Van then. Veen.
0: Yvonne Van Veen. Fun. She's, she might be fiend I don't know with the uh, Vs and the dots. Are they f- are there Fufs or there are they Vs? Who can say?
1: Uh Yeah. 'Cause that would uh, that would affect the V in Yvonne as well, wouldn't it?
0: I think it's a f isn't it like a fan hoch. Ah, as opposed to ran rango. Um I think he's a, he was a fun fun hoch, wasn't he? So Yvonne's probably a <laughs> Yvonne. Yvonne fan de Yes. Thank I, you
1: well. I think I like the sound of that anyway. That's got a nice little bouncy sound, doesn't it?
0: Yes. And apologies, Yvonne, if that was totally wrong. I mean, Yvonne. Yes. You're
1: yes. Um, anyway, <laughs> she she went onto the guest book, oh, and yeah. she'd asked pretty much the same thing that we talked about last week, as in, how do you prep for a show? You know, those kind of production rehearsal things, all those kind of things. So I thought I'd shout out because she had asked that question, which we won't now answer on a Q and A. Hmm because obviously we've effectively already answered it. But it at the same time, I was plucking the questions out of the air. I was obviously channeling my inner Yvonne. Yvonne. Um, so I thought I'd give you a shout out. So that a T-shirt,
0: that. channeling my inner Yvonne.
1: Yes. Uh, quite like that, actually. Um, and, and whilst on the guest book, I happen to notice a question a little further down, and we don't normally do this, obviously, on here. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shout it out. Because I quite like it, and it was it was nice because it was it was an interesting question, but it was slightly flippant as well, which I quite like. David Clark has asked. We record the podcast on a Monday, mm-hmm. which generally we do. We mm-hmm. try to, um, and it comes out on a Friday. Yeah. So what the hell goes on between Tuesday and Friday? David asks.
0: Cool. What a slave driver. I know. Well, it's it's all high-tech, mate. These casts don't dream themselves up. No. Uh, sometimes I have to think about them for days mm. um, just to decide what to do. And then sometimes even then I haven't... Sometimes I'm halfway through them before I decide what they should be. Um, so they take a bit of time. And we, we do these remotely, don't we, Anthony?
1: We do. So we you're
0: do. up there in... Um, the place that is not Heckmondwike.
1: That's right. Um but that narrows it down a bit. <laughs> by one. <laughs> Home first. Home, Home first. first. Home First. I
0: don't know why Heckmundwike always comes into my head. Probably more of an expletive. Um but you're in Home First, and I'm down here in uh, in the in the South Midlands, round the corner from Brackley. That's right. Um and so we do them on the Zoom and we record them into our respective high-tech MacBooks. And uh, and then they're assembled and edited together and uh, got to edit the doorbell in and all that nonsense yeah, about well, trousers on the front, very mm-hmm. important. Mm-hmm. Um, so just getting that together in, in amongst my busy... Domestic commitments. And there's the um, diary
1: reading as well, because the diary reading comes after the episode.
0: Yeah, I usually read the diary post-episode when we slot that in in the middle, mm. um, <laughs> which means that often you're asking me about it and I don't know.
1: Don't know what's in it. Don't
0: know what's in it, which I think adds something.
1: Oh, yes. Yes, <laughs> it it adds the fact that we repeat ourselves normally. <laughs> yes. Yes. It does. <laughs> and of course, David, you, you're going you're to find this impossible to believe, but it is quality checked before it goes out.
0: Oh, r- rigorously and thoroughly. Mm. First by me mm-hmm. whilst I'm uh, hammering it together in the forge mm-hmm. and then secondly uh, by, by your good self while you're out walking the, the cat or whatever you do. Yes, call.
1: yes, yeah, yes, walking the animal I don't own. Out,
0: out walking the skunk.
1: Yes, are <laughs> Taking... <laughs> oh, the old skunk constitutional? <laughs> giving it a run out. Give it a run out. <laughs> Taking me skunk for a runner. <laughs> so, that, so they are, Dave. That is actually what happens. That is actually what happens, um, and uh, and yeah, it is. It is. It's a bit of a process, isn't it? It's, it's not that the, it's the, the work fits in over the days, doesn't it? So you do a bit and and, and and what have you, and then it comes back to me, and I give it a listen, and then we have to put the notes together, which is a pretty much a joint a joint thing, um, you know. And then we we normally it's not like we're panicking at you know twenty five to twelve on a Friday going oh shit.
0: Although we, we sometimes are,
1: we although we sometimes are, but,
0: but not but, very often.
1: No, no. We normally normally by Thursday evening it's done and scheduled in, and we're about ready to go hmm. on a, on a good week. So that's what happens, David. That's what happens. Right. So about radiation, then. All right. Only Fine, four right. episodes in between. When hmm. I said I was going to ask that question, or three, whatever it is. Um, we talked a little bit about the. We talked a little bit about the tracks and you writing the tracks and some of the background to the tracks in terms of in terms of how personal some of them were and this, that and the other. So we've, we've done that a little bit. So we're now kind of onto the process of the album. So, obviously you said last week we were now at a point where you could remember things. <laughs> Phrase is going to come back and haunt you, isn't it? <laughs> um, <laughs> but to give you a little bit of help, what I thought I'd do today,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I thought we could pick holes in the radiation Wikipedia page. Oh, go on then. Because there's a there's a nice little page on Wikipedia for the album and I thought, well, if I use that as a starting point, you can then tell us if any of that's true or if it's just utter cock. Right.
0: All right. Yeah. I, I, I may be able to do that.
1: Yes. I thought it'd give us a, a bit of a running start at it.
0: Yeah, rather than just relying entirely on my recollections, which which wouldn't be so solid, frankly.
1: No, no. So, Radiation is the 10th studio album by the British neo-progressive rock band. What, By the way, what does neo-progressive rock mean?
0: Um, it means... Um, I've no idea. It's Excellent. bollocks, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, we're not... We're, I mean, we, phew, this whole labelling thing is very confusing, especially in relation to some of our music because some of our music isn't progressive or neo progressive it's i don't know what it is it's sort of rock um some of it, is, it strays into pop hmm. um and some of it is um what's it like i don't know i mean i don't know it's better that it's better that i don't know but people feel it's very important to hang a label on something, um, which is very weird for the artist. I mean, I always imagine, I've said this before, but but when Deep Purple kind of invented rock, it must have been very weird for them being told that they were a rock band, because all they'd ever listened to was other music. Mm. They'd listened to other stuff, and all their influences were probably you know, blues and um, jazz Mm -hmm. and classical to some degree. And then suddenly they had this label thrust upon them. I, I don't know whether they felt comfortable with it or not. But calling us a progressive rock band is, I mean, you've got to call something something. And I suppose because the songs are quite often longer than, than three minutes and because they're sometimes episodic in nature you know in other words lots of different things bolted together rather than verse chorus verse chorus middle eight choruses out which is your you know your your standard pop song um i'm now so old that i don't even know if modern music conforms to that theory either i mean it's all It's all hip-hop now, isn't it? So I don't know if it's verses and choruses or what it is now. But, um, you know, and I'm falling into the same trap by calling hip-hop hip-hop. I'm sure a lot of those artists aren't entirely comfortable with that as a a label because it just reduces what they do down into two syllables of description. And if they're any good, they probably deserve more than two syllables. They probably need a, a few pages. And I think that's true of, of of any artist that's any good needs, needs quite a bit of describing. So, but I think neo-progressive means progressive, i.e. not pop, and neo as in, you know, stuff that's been written recently. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I'll take that. All I can add to the whole neo-debate is that neo is what, I think it's Lidl, called their version of Oreo cookies.
0: Alright. Ah, there you go.
1: So, I don't know if there's anything to do with vanilla oh. sandwich between chocolate biscuit, merillion, but anyway, that's mm. what. And it Oreos. might be Aldi, it might be Lidl. It's one of the two. Oreos for the ears. That's
0: Oreos say, for the ears. That's how I like to think of myself. I like that.
1: <laughs> anyway, back to, back to your wiki page.
0: <laughs> Something you can dip in your tea.
1: Um, yeah, and they're a relatively cool. good dunker, aren't they? They don't fall <laughs> apart like uh...
0: <laughs> like like the shorter pop songs. Yeah. Yes,
1: yes. <laughs> oh, look, oh, look, my middle eight and my last my last verse and chorus just dropped in my brew.
0: Yes, yeah, not like those sturdy Marillion songs. You can give them a good 10 minutes in a mug of tea before there's any softening whatsoever.
1: <laughs> Marillion, the biscuit
0: equivalent <laughs> of a hobnob. <laughs> Something you can drop in the bath. <laughs> right.
1: right right oh and of course it's hard to drop your phone in the bath if it's in the cinema um right so let's go to the next bit recorded at the racket club between november 97 and june 98 it was co-produced and mixed by Stuart every i think we're saying that's all right aren't we yeah yeah that's fine about right album was remixed by michael hunter uh, in September to November 2012, and reissue, and a reissue, um, sorry, a remastered version was released in
0: 2013.
1: Mm. That sounds yeah, about right. It sounds earlier it, than I thought, but that I'm sure that's of, probably right. He
0: kind of warmed it up and made it nice. The first time I heard it, I was in, I think I was in Budapest. Oh. Or was I in
1: Prague?
0: I was somewhere out in Eastern Europe when I first heard Mike's remixes. And I thought they were great. Mm.
1: No, I think he's done a sterling job, sterling job. Right, so, um, right, okay, so background to the album. For this album, the band decided to experiment with different instrument tones, vocal effects, samples, uh, making segues between songs by cutting and pasting pieces from elsewhere on the album and the like. Okay, think we're agreeing with that, aren't we?
0: Yeah, we did all that mad stuff where we... I had a a, a great idea. <laughs> I said, why don't we play all the songs at once on top of each other at the beginning of the album? Uh so we did that and made this colossal row that then cuts to that sort of bit of ragtime hole mm-hmm. in the song right Is that on the Mike Hunter remix as well,
1: all that row? Or, I or don't it think it is. We'll no, come to that a bit later on. <laughs> the band hated it <laughs> yeah i've always wondered what it was so when it's you said all it all of the songs at once at once yeah um and then and so were they all made to be the same length then
0: well no it's just a um you know we just took a, a moment from each song and played them all on top of each other right. so it's just this great wall of noise right um it was one of one of my more lonely ideas in the sense that um, nobody wanted anything to do with to it.
1: do with it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Another one of those little moments.
0: Yes, I don't know how I got away with it, but I no. didn't get away with it for the remaster.
1: Did you get away with it because because you were still smarting so much about the AOS album cover?
0: Yeah, maybe, maybe I played a, a get out of jail free card for, for it or something. Yeah, All quite right. possibly something I'd been awarded for
1: future use. Have you got any of them left? <laughs> no. No. They've all been spent. <laughs> anyway, anyway.
0: Although I still do have really good ideas that nobody agrees
1: with. Right. <laughs> that might have to be the episode title. I have really good ideas that nobody else seems to agree with. <laughs>
0: no one else on earth. <laughs>
1: yeah right okay Uh, as the album recording progressed there was a desire for new sounds and a desire not to repeat ourselves and to fall into familiar patterns according to steve rothery
0: Mm. i'd say that's that's true i think steve was trying to uh find a new guitar sound and redefine his thing because he'd had that rothery signature sound for so many years and i think he'd begun to bore himself with it a bit and so Mm. he was he was trying to explore different you know cleaner and different kinds of distorted sounds drier sounds um on kudos to him because he was sort of pushing himself outside of his own comfort Mm. zone and i think that's something that that artist's should do wherever possible so i thought it was cool of him to do that
1: it's a bit of a continuation of because i don't think aos is his guitar sounds on aos aren't say as traditional as his guitar sounds on brave 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 seems to be quite out of the rotary, you know playbook in terms of those reverbs and those delays and what have you whereas aos was a little a little more almost like a first step in this direction um and then radiation's Sort of another uh, another stage on, because uh, I never thought OS sounded as much like the earlier stuff. But but certainly, yeah, absolutely, it didn't sound the same. Uh, radiation certainly was a departure. Um, the first element was that Rothery decided he wanted a different guitar sound. They placed a ban on digital delaying chorus. That's a big statement. A ban. <laughs> oh dear.
0: They they well, placed I'm, a ban on digital delay and chorus. Well, maybe we did. Yeah, I don't know. I can't remember. Was it another
1: one of your get out of jail free cards?
0: That had nothing to do with me. I don't think. No, unless I've
1: forgotten. But, it's it's uh, not something you've ever mentioned. You
0: know. No, but it's, it's probably just something that somebody listening has written. Yeah, that sort of really clean um, verses of Kaylee kind of. Jazz chorus guitar sound, perhaps with yeah. the delays. Yeah. Maybe, maybe they're referring to that.
1: To that, uh, he borrowed a Gretsch from Dave Gregory and played a harmony guitar on the bluesy "Born to Run."
0: Did he borrow a Gretsch from Greg? He might have done. <laughs>
1: <laughs> entirely possible. So we're not going to disagree with it. We think we I think it's about right. I
0: don't know if he borrowed a Gretsch. I don't know. He might have done. Might have.
1: Yeah. Done. Might have. Done. Okay. And Mark used a new Roland JP eight thousand. Uh, and placed a ban on string synths.
0: Yeah. Mm. I don't think that was a conscious ban either, but maybe, maybe we just all tried to cut down on to cut down on the all of those staples. Mm. And uh, he got a thing called a a Korg Karma as well. There mm. was there was something that had a very aggressive. Aggressive sort of synth sound, too. That it, would have been
1: which... a bit lighter later. I remember when the Core Karma came out and it was about 2002, 2003, I think.
0: Oh, well, then maybe it was the Roland.
1: J-X-4, so it was probably the JP8000.
0: Right. The JP8000. Ah. The thing that he did is the answering machine on radiation. It is? Yeah, because that. All that kind of mad
1: Woolworths mm. synthesizer. Yeah. Woolworth's synth. A bit of Winfield. A Winfield synth.
0: Yeah, whatever the opposite of gloss is, <laughs> it, it had that. Yes.
1: <laughs> it's not <a> satin, surely. <laughs>
0: no. No, no, all whitewash. It was, it was probably sort of just, you
1: know, rough, Terps. unfinished plaster. <laughs> rough. <laughs> Stuck since. out. Um and Pete used quite a lot of his old Rickenbacker fuzz bass on the album, apparently. Oh.
0: Do you know what well, you'd think I would have noticed? Mm. He might have thrown a, a he has got a, a really old Ricky from way a black one from way back when. Um I don't know if it's it was was too rusty to use. <laughs> it look, <laughs> looked like it'd stored it in a cave. Um <laughs> last time I saw him. Oh, <laughs>
1: Spill drink all over it or something
0: like that. Yeah, at least drink.
1: (laughs) Um, During the recording sessions, the tracks Tumble Down the Years and Interior Lulu were recorded and mixed, but it was decided to leave them for the next album as a band thought the songs were incomplete. I think we agree with that, don't we?
0: Yeah, I think Interior Lulu was definitely dragged kicking and screaming at the world over a long period of time. Tumble Down the Years, uh, yeah, that's quite possible that we had a crack at that and didn't quite finish it or get it together.
1: Mm. Mm. That sounds about right. I think we've we've talked about that before, and I think that um, when we talked about that list of songs that um, Meigs has got, had got, they'd got odd bits on there as well that talked to a couple of those, but I don't know. That would be a long way back. That would suggest they, arrived, they started life around TSE time. They also tried a different approach to mixing that left certain fans to criticise the production quality of the album. Mm. Uh, and Rothers has said, I wanted to completely remix it. I think it's an album with good material, poorly mixed. Sonically, it's a bit flat. Well, we're not disagreeing with that either, are we, really? Because it's been remixed.
0: Well, it's definitely better since Mike had a go at it, I think. It has a bit more strength and depth. Mm. <laughs> Strength and like it's like um, Manchester City, it's got strength and depth, mm.
1: and if, and that's one of Mike's big things, isn't it? I mean, sonically, his stuff sounds lovely.
0: Yeah, yeah, he's a, he's a he's a great engineer. He's got a great pair of ears with mixing and all of that. Mm. And for sure. I always
1: thought. Um, um, essence sounded fantastic so from the word go to the word, to the end I thought as you know just beautiful just just yeah, how, it, how it all fit together and it layered and just what it covered I just thought you know, when I heard that I was like this is this sounds amazing
0: oh, that's great I'm glad you sing that. Uh,
1: it's, uh, it's funny because I was talking to a, f- a few people and I know it now going off onto a different album but I still struggle a little bit with the hard shoulder. Um, I don't that's not something that's ever sat really comfortably with 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 me right. but essence absolutely did I don't know essence just clicked in the in in that first moment right just you know don't know why that mm-hmm. would be I mean they're very two very very different you know sides of that particular project, but I just thought essence was was in, in particular the song anyway back to radiation mm. back to radiation so yeah we know you so you're agreeing with that but yes. It, 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 You know, the band agreed it needed something doing to it Um, and obviously that was done 14 years later by by, uh, Mike. Miss Strata, yeah. Um, And just to get to the end of this little bit, uh, Marillion recorded a promo video for the single, These Chains. Yes. Hogarth said in 1998, essentially the idea of the video was to put me down a well Yep. Water is dropping on me, and the idea is that as a consequence of the water raining into the well, the level of water subsequently rises, and I climb to freedom in the end. Hmm. So it was a metaphor for being trapped, only to find that what trapped you ultimately released you.
0: Hmm. Sounds good in, on paper, doesn't it? I don't think it it was sounds very, really good. I not think it was very good video. Very <laughs> I think, profound. I think we ran out of time and money. Hmm.
1: He did go on to say, actually, uh, what it amounts to really was me standing in a lot of cold water all day. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it was a long day. I think, I think hmm. we started at seven in the morning, finished about midnight and, and with the feeling that we could have done within another three or four hours um, and another 50 grand spending on it. <laughs> So a, lo- a lot. Oh, disc- well, we're using Evian. <laughs> a lot of disco. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Evian at hotel prices. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and also, and this is the bit I didn't know. Uh, when we get down to the release, um, it um, it peaked at number thirty-five in the charts. Stayed there for a week. Making it the last marine album to enter the top forty until somewhere else in two thousand and seven. Oh. Well what was in between that then? Oh, grief. dot hmm. um, com. Uh anarachnophobia, uh, marbles. What?
0: Oh, there you go. Who knows? Who knows what the the wild the wild music business delivers up.
1: <laughs> well, two of those uh, those albums were pre released though. We're sorry, were um um they were
0: pre-ordered yeah which pre-ordered. Meant, meant they weren't eligible for chart positions yeah. so so that's yeah. probably why marbles never got one um,
1: uh yes marbles or uh, or never got one because sure. you'd have thought both of those albums would have been you know and then .com was the end of the castle mm. period anyway wasn't it yeah um and and I don't seem to remember an enormous amount of stuff being put behind .com at the time
0: no, I think Castle were busy crashing and burning at that point. Mm.
1: So that probably does make sense, actually, with it be them being somewhere else, because obviously somewhere else wasn't a, uh, a pre-order, was it?
0: No, it wasn't, and we got a lot of um, we got a lot of you know complaints about that when when we didn't put it up for pre-orders. But well, what have we done? Why mm. can't we pre-order this one? We wanted to get involved you know, and all of that which is, you know, not to blow my own trumpet, but is what I said. I said, well, could, I mean, the rest of the band all said, we can't ask the fans for money because we don't really need any. And we didn't, you know, we didn't need a load of money. We we were solvent and we didn't need to ask. And I, and, uh, I made the point that the, um, the people who'd supported us in the past and had their names in the thanks list and whatnot would probably be upset not to be given that opportunity. And that's what turned out to be true in the end. We got an awful lot of email from people, you know, saying, well, what have we done? Hmm. Um, So that was a lesson learned as well. It's not just about the money. It's about getting involved and being part of everything, Hmm. which is what the pre-order came to represent. It wasn't entirely financial. It was also there was a big spiritual aspect to it, and I think there still is.
1: Yeah, because it's not that it's costing you any more to own the album, really. Okay, all that's happening is you're you're paying for it a little earlier. That's all.
0: It's an act of faith, isn't it? It's a way mm-hmm. of saying, I believe in this, and and I'm excited about it, and I want you know I'm happy to buy it now on trust. I don't need to hear it and that's beautiful and it's also saying you know as i've pointed out before we we trust you with our money we'll mm. send you this because we know that you'll you'll we'll get something in return for it you won't peer up the wall you will you will spend it wisely and and, and we will receive what we've paid for at some point so that's something that perhaps you wouldn't trust a lot of bands with
1: It'd be really nice if I had that relationship with HMRC. <laughs>
0: yes. <laughs> Me too. But I can't say I have. <laughs> really? <laughs> they, they're probably, you know, they will probably, if they're listening, they'll be sending you a bill for, for the tax you owe in 10 years' time
1: just in case you're happy to pay it now. Well, yes. <laughs> <laughs> On the back of your comments, Mr Short... <laughs> <coughs> yeah, not even thought about that. Right, let's disappear off for a bit of diary. Um, and uh, and you're in Brazil, I believe. Good God, am I in Brazil now? You're in Brazil. Good
0: grief! It ought to be against the law letting me out. Let me out to this many
1: places. I be... think Brazil's all right, but Bist is clearly a problem. <laughs> Yes, good grief. Oh, I remember this.
0: Yes. Oh, I remember going to um where did I get my
1: boots done? <laughs> oh, don't <laughs> spoil this, I'm gonna to come to that. Porto Alegre.
0: I think that was it. I'm in a heel bar in Porto Alegre, That was it. Yeah. I remember being in that heel bar. Uh so so it is starting to starting to The old, uh, what do they call those things? The neurons. (laughs) (laughs) They're beginning to spark.
1: (laughs) Yes, yes. All those ones that previously shorted are (laughs) working their way back into life.
0: Yes, all those (laughs) things, all those ones that look like like that forest of palm trees just after Apocalypse Now. (laughs) Uh, They're springing up one at a time. There's new growth.
1: New growth. (laughs) Right, go on then. I'll let you crack on.
0: Righty-ho, here we go. Let's go to Brazil. Yay. Viva los Brasileiros. Monday, 16th of June. Brasilia to Goiânia. Jao Sports Centre. Managed to sleep till nine-ish. It had been a late night and all things considered I didn't feel too bad. Today is Father's Day back in England and Sue, Sophie and Niall had placed presents in my suitcase for the occasion. I opened them as soon as I got up. Sophie has bought me a yo-yo which lights up when it spins. It's a fabulous thing. I had one of these when I was 17. It takes me back. Niall's present turned out to be a sherbet fountain. Sherbet is a sweet white powdery substance which fizzes on the tongue. There's also a hollow licorice stick which comes out of the top of the packet like a firework, which you're supposed to suck the sherbet through. I'll have it later, I decided, and made my way down to breakfast, playing with my as I walked along the dark corridors of the hotel. Thank you, Sophie. Thank you, Nile. Thank you, Dizzy. I called home before I left for breakfast, but the answering machine was on, so they must all have been out somewhere. I arrived in the breakfast room and joined Ian and Pete at a table. I had a spot of scrambled egg and a small bucket of coffee while passing the yo-yo around. There had been talk of including incommunicado in the set, so I spent the rest of breakfast writing out the words, most of which I had forgotten. Took the lift back up to 12.14 and packed my bags before checking out of the hotel at 11, $78, for the bus journey to Goiânia. On our way out of the city, I pondered once again upon Brasilia. Almost every building here has been a grand architectural attempt at creating a work of art. This makes it quite a unique city if you're turned on by modern architecture. Unfortunately, there's something of the feel of a building site about the whole place, and, having torn up the natural flora and fauna to build it, Brasilia, for me, is like a moon base. No expense spared, but it just doesn't seem to belong where it is. You can keep the buildings, I like the bus stops best, yellow and curvy, like something out of the Flintstones. I chatted to Alfredo, the promoter's rep, during the long journey to Goiânia. The Brazilian countryside undulates here with patches of forest and hillside. The trees are a mixture of deciduous and palms. We passed through occasional small settlements of concrete roadside buildings with attendant roadside vendors selling strings of unripened oranges. The journey took around three and a half hours. We climbed down from the bus and into Castro's Park Hotel, Goiania. The usual high-rise modern building with a large open reception area flanked by vigilant men in suits, a common sight in the developing world, probably armed to ensure the safety of the well-heeled guests. There was a Sunday buffet lunch in full swing for $18, so we dropped our bags in our rooms and came back down to eat. Mine was cold, but OK. By now I was ready to sleep, so I went upstairs and closed the curtains. I couldn't find a way to turn off the TV, so I ended up crawling around under the desk, pulling all the wires out of the wall socket until it reluctantly died. Brazilian TV is, in my limited experience, dreadful. I slept until 5.30 when I was woken by the phone and someone enthusiastically saying, ''Is that Target?" It was a university student hustling me for an interview. Anyone can decide they're a journalist as easily as anyone can decide they're a musician, and there's no way of knowing to whom you should give or deny your time. Back in 1990, I remember having breakfast in our hotel in Rio when someone plunked himself down next to me and asked if I'd mind being interviewed. Tour manager Paul quickly crossed the room to get rid of him, but I said I didn't mind, and we chatted as I ate my muesli. Then another chap magically appeared with a camera, and they took a picture of me standing on the balcony with Copacabana curving away below and behind me. Next morning, the interview and the picture were on the front of the national newspaper, Journal do Brasil. So you never know. I agreed to meet him downstairs at five forty-five. When Tim called to let me know sound check time. He suggested we use pseudonyms from here on in. I agreed, remembering my last time in Brazil when the phone rang every ten minutes, day and night. He asked me who I wanted to be. I thought Ronaldo would do. He's currently Brazil's most famous footballer, so I became Mr S. Ronaldo. Tim told me there have been a few interesting developments at the venue. The opening act are a very well-known Brazilian rock band who had all their gear on stage before our crew had arrived. We had to soundcheck without moving their equipment. Well, whatever, it's Brazil. After my interview at 6ish, we took a minibus down to the venue, an open-sided bus garage of a place with the worst slap-bang-around-a-cave reverb of any venue I've played, been to or can imagine. Every sound we made at Soundcheck came back several times at one-second intervals. Oh, wow. We stumbled around in amongst the other band's gear, banging our shins and falling over leads, trying to convey what we needed from our new monitor man, Steve May, on a hiding to nothing. Every word we uttered bounced around the building like rubber, producing a sound like jellyfish having a heated argument underwater. The good news, however, was that the crowd numbers were up to 2,200, which will look good in a hall this size. We returned to the hotel and I decided against going back to bed. I'm having trouble with my voice and I don't risk it closing up, so I sat in the restaurant area with Tim and Ian and had a beer before going upstairs for a bath. We returned to the venue at 10.15. Showtime has been moved from 930 to 11.30, to 11.45. Monica from the promoter's office seems to have repaired my trousers, although they don't look as though there's much life left in them. Jean-Paul Gautier's silk, blue and silver stripes. Wonderful, until they get wet. Then there's no give in the material, so it simply rips open. At the moment, the gosset is an unforgiving chastity belt of gaffer tape. Shame. The crowd looks good, I wonder how they'll cope with the sound of the band. I wonder how we will. Not as well, I suspect. As it turned out, we seemed to go down very well. We all kept everything under control, despite the appalling slap and reverb. My voice was in a bad way, but I came through most of it without embarrassing myself. After the show, I was exhausted and somewhat depressed. A combination, I think, of jet lag, lack of sleep and two two two-hour shows in less than 24 hours. I showered, despite the suspect appearance of the shower fittings, live electric wires dangling out of the shower head. Totally illegal in England, of course. But I needn't have worried. It was quite safe. Switched off and stone cold. We returned to the hotel, and I staggered straight upstairs to bed, after wishing Ian Mosley a happy birthday. Tuesday 17th of June Brazil, Porto Alegre Gigantinho I'm in a heel bar in Porto Alegre. They're putting new heels on my black shoes while I wait. It's a little different from a heel bar in England. I'm surrounded by leather products, many hanging from the ceiling. There are handmade saddles, bags, second-hand boots disembodied high heels, old footballs, straps, buckles, stirrups, leather water bottles, tins and bottles of leather preservers, polishers and glues, all packed into this bare concrete shop open to the busy, dirty street outside. This morning I came out in search of tambourines. My favourite little tambourine was nicked by someone on the front row of the Goyania show last night. It fell off the mic stand and, if something falls into the audience here, forget it. No one in Porto Alegro seems to understand the word tambourine. After much confusion and searching, I found a white plastic contraption. It's a Remo whistle tambourine, which, as the name suggests, is a tambourine incorporating a whistle into the plastic rim. Essential kit here in Brazil, although I don't think they'll catch on in Europe. I did my washing this morning. Room 1209 looks like a laundry, or more accurately a gypsy encampment, strewn with socks and underwear drying in the sun at the window. I spent the rest of the morning waiting for a TV crew who never turned up before coming out shopping and then on to here to fix my shoes. It's been quite a while since they took my shoes away and I'm beginning to doubt the wisdom of rendering myself barefoot in a developing country on the other side of the world. I'm wondering if my shoes might already have been sold out of the back door, and it's an odd feeling to be in the middle of a city without shoes, strangely powerless and dependent. As I wrote the previous line, my shoes arrived, not only healed, but polished and looking like new. I paid and carefully checked my change, remembering the time I was charged the equivalent of £35 for a shine that I was nagged into accepting in Mexico City. I emerged back into the dusty street and wound my way back to the hotel to spend the rest of the afternoon killing time, watching TV, until soundcheck at four. The venue today is much better acoustically than last night's bus garage. It's a theatre with about a thousand seats. It became apparent once I started the sound check that I don't have much of a voice today. I don't really understand why I'm having so much trouble with it since we arrived in Brazil. Maybe it's tiredness or something to do with the climate. Maybe I've got a throat infection. I never had this much trouble with my voice before, and there doesn't seem to be a reason. I spent the 90 minutes after sound check back at the hotel sewing up my stage trousers which had torn again in Guiana, Sue rang while I was sewing and we had a chat while I stitched away at the silk. As I said, the trouble with silk trousers is that when they get wet, they stick to you and when you move suddenly, they tear. All you budding pop stars, please take note. By lobby call I still hadn't finished, so I told Tim to take the boys and come back for me. The show was both strange and memorable. By stage time the theatre was only half full and I had the feeling of playing in somebody's front room at home. My voice was the worst I can ever remember it being for a show. I squeaked and squawked my way through the songs expecting my voice to quit completely by the end of each one. Somehow though the audience got into it and I felt an affection for them, which lifted me and helped me through it. They were all close enough to me that I could see their faces, and I could see how special it was for some of them. We finished with Garden Party, and during Mark's long solo, I made a run through the theatre, up along the aisles, shaking hands with the crowd who pushed towards me to be part of it. Oddly enough then, this was the most enjoyable show so far, despite being as hoarse as a bat. An important lesson. I showered after the show under another of Brazil's horror film Death Trap devices, trying not to touch any metal components in the process. If the water is hot, then the fittings are usually live, i.e. connected to the mains electricity and uninsulated. After the show, we were taken to a nightclub full of Porto Alegre's rich and beautiful where we were given free beer and sushi. The place had a distinctly German feel about it. Apparently this area of Brazil is full of Germans and Poles who have been campaigning for autonomy in much the same fashion as the Quebecans in Canada. The whole place was luxurious and decadent and smacked a little too much of Bavarian elitism for my comfort. You were either beautiful and in, rich and in, or plain and curiously absent. Looking around, I think we were the least glamorous people in the place. It was really strange to be in something like a Munich nightclub full of blondes and with a car park outside full of Porsches and Mercs, having been surrounded by the poverty of Brazil for the last few days. I was reminded of similar clubs in the European Eastern Bloc, oases of Wealth. Maybe such places are characteristic of developing economies. Maybe I should get out more. We had our photograph taken with the owner, a slick young entrepreneur who looked like a model, obviously used to using the glamour set to his advantage. Still, we were drinking his drink and eating his food. I endured it for an hour or so, but in the end I had to get out of there. I'd started to feel like a pawn in someone else's game. I guess we all are.
1: And we're back.
0: Yay! Here we are.
1: (laughs) Here we are. And I've got just a couple of quick questions. Um, I could have mentioned the yo-yo.
0: Oh, yeah, the glow in the dark, yeah. I do remember that as well.
1: That you called a glow-yo, actually, which I thought was really cool. Maybe that's what it said on the packet, or or,
0: or maybe it's something I made up. Hmm.
1: But I'm not going to ask you about that. (gasps) Brasilia.
0: Hmm.
1: I didn't even know where it was. I mean, I know where, I do now, I've looked at a map, but you said it became the capital in the 60s? Became designated as the capital in the city in the 60s. Yeah,
0: like the the political capital. Yeah, it's a bit like the the Milton Keynes of Brazil. You know, the, yeah. it was a, a new town, and they, you know, they created this city that they decided would be the capital. So it's a slightly odd place because it it hasn't quite. It's not imbued with the same sense of history. That you know Rio or or, or even Sao Paulo have they they feel like really living cities that have evolved, whereas uh, Brasilia feels a little bit like they're you know they've just put it there um, because some politician decided it should be there, and it, so it's more of a, um, a centre of government uh, than. Than a city that's grown up out of its own commerce or whatever.
1: Mm. Okay, and then you've mentioned before we we went into the diary section about that shoe shop, the heel bar. Mm-hmm. You went to have your shoes re—I'm guessing—rehealed. I've still got those shoes.
0: I think they're quite nice, um, but I, I, I'd walked through them. Or maybe, maybe in another one of the diary sections, didn't I say last week I was in Holland and somebody stepped on, the, someone stepped on my heel and it came off. I think you did. That might have been those. So that I'm, might have been those. I, I yeah. might have ended up breaking them in Holland and fixing them in Brazil. That was the kind of life I used to have um, because there wasn't time in between. Um, and that heel bar was amazing because it wasn't like going into Timpson's here. It was properly kind of Wild Westy. It had a lot of old, you know, leather things hanging up on hooks all over the place. It looked like the kind of place where you could go and buy a saddle or get your saddle repaired, you know, in between trekking across the prairie,
1: get it, it reupholstered.
0: It, it felt, you know, it felt really, really real somehow. Um, so it was quite good fun. Just I just waited in my bare feet. <laughs> I walked in and said, can you fix those? Can okay, you fix these? <laughs> I just sat there in my socks.
1: <laughs> well, here's the For interesting my, thing you know, then. Here's mm. the interesting thing. This is the bit I noticed. This is what took me to the shoe shop. Not because the description was not lovely, which it was. It's the only section of diary, I think, so far, and I might be very wrong, but it's written in the present tense. Mm. Yeah. So you were clearly writing it there. And it's not all of the section. It's only those two paragraphs. And then you come back to say something like, I'd got my shoes back or something. So there was clearly a section. You must have had your laptop with you and you must have been writing that.
0: I think that was pre-laptop. I would have, right. had, a, I would have had a notepad. Right, and a and a biro or something, and I would have been sat there in my socks in that hillbar, bar, just writing what was going on. <laughs> and then I think, then I think I went down to the river. Did I go down the river after that? Because I do remember having my notepad with me while I was sat by the river. I think that was Porto Alegre as well.
1: Right, I don't remember that, but I've only read it once. It was. Mm. I was still. It was. It was just that that thing of I've never noticed you write in the present tense before. I am sat in a. I am doing this, I am looking around. Yeah. yeah. It's always normally
0: past. Yeah, I'm, yeah usually, usually only, only you know, the recent past because otherwise I'll have forgotten a whole lot. Um, so I was always trying to discipline myself to try and get no more than a couple of days mm. uh, behind with it. But on that occasion, I was in the middle of Brazil I didn't know anybody I'd got nothing else to do. I want to get my heels done. I was, oh, what can I do while I'm getting my heels done? Well, I'll take the notepad and i'll all right, I'll write down what I'm doing mm. um, so yeah, it gives that gives the diary a different flavor, doesn't it when it's it does go does I,
1: I picked up on it straight away um you know uh, and I'm not normally that you know sentient to be honest, so <laughs> picked picked it up. <laughs> Picked up on that absolutely straight away. Mm. Um, and la- lastly, before we go, mm. we must say thank you um, to Trevor and Lisa. Thanks, Trevor and Lisa. Thanks, Trevor and Lisa. Yeah, because lovely, you're talking into a different microphone, aren't you? Oh,
0: I am, yes. Oh, we're thanking that Trevor and Lisa. That yeah,
1: Trevor and Lisa. Thanks,
0: Trevor and Lisa. Yeah, I'm talking into a different microphone today. It's part of a bizarre audio evaluation experiment. Um, and the, they they work for a company called Suntronics.
1: Well, they own a company called Suntronics.
0: When I say they work for a company called Suntronics, <laughs> what Ant's trying to say is they own a company called Suntronics, <laughs> <laughs> which must be what what gives them the clout to randomly send them to singers. That's um, right. And uh, and so it's quite an interesting thing. It's like a, a thing from the thirties with a capsule uh, suspended on four springs uh, in the centre of a, uh, a steel circle. Um, so it looks as good as it sounds. Sounding mm. pretty good. Mm. Um, and uh, we're, we're I'm evaluating it and enjoying yeah. it. So thank you, Trevor and Lisa.
1: Right, and of course, the other thing—the other thing—the reason why they were so desperate to send this particular microphone is mm. that it's called a a
0: corona, a corona. Sorry, Aunt, you had to
1: feed me that, didn't you? <laughs> well, no, it's all right. It's it's, it's all right. It's fine. I, it did
0: cross my mind that it'd gone again.
1: Yeah, but no, thanks, thanks, thanks to you both. No, I've known Trevor and Lisa for a long, long time, and these are really—they—they they have some fantastic mics uh, at Sontronics, and uh, well worth checking out. If that's what you're into and these are a thing of beauty and and i must thank them as well because they sent me one as well um so yes and i've i've used it and it's it's really rather rather spanking so so there we are so we'll finish on that thanks thanks trev thanks lisa um uh you are lovely lovely people um right well i think you've got a hard stop at three haven't you you better you better crack on you've got stuff
0: what a day Mm. what a day honestly it's been bonkers but at least i got my phone back
1: at least you got your phone you back.
0: Phone back. By, the, by the time I paid my parking fine and my dental cancellations and sent a bunch of flowers to Radio Somerset, I, I
1: could
0: yeah. have bought another one.
1: Yeah, after have <laughs> to flog your gifted microphone just to cover the cost. <laughs> exactly. That was a joke, Trev.
0: <laughs> I've never flogged gifts. That is... Um, Although I remember Mosley in the old days, they they got a they got a deal with Puma, the sports shoe. Puma, company. yeah, Puma, in Germany in the eighties, and Ian used to that was that was Mosley's Christmas presents. He used to send everybody's Puma sports. <laughs> got
1: it for nothing.
0: <laughs> I don't think he'd mind me spilling that one.
1: No, no. Tightest no. rhythm section in the world. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> right, I'll, I'll catch you for seventy nine. <laughs> Righty ho,
0: right. Well, I'm going to go and lie down. <laughs> oh no, I'm not. Well, You're not. Know. Uh, all right. Well, thank you, everybody. Thanks for listening. Hope that was all right. For, not at my best today, frankly. Just, just a bit out of kilter. What would, what would the vortex have shite? I find shite is a bit like double decker bosses and policemen. <laughs> it, all, it all comes at once. I just,
1: I've just, I've just remembered what I needed to tell you. What? Did you see that thing on Instagram last week? Oh,
0: uh, go on.
1: About that couple who would put this thing on Instagram. They, 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 they'd, fa- they'd found the hamster in the kitchen. Right. And they were quite surprised to find the hamster in the kitchen. So they collected up the little hamster and they put it back in its cage and just left it. Mm. And then they went back into the, into the room lounge or whatever where the hamster was and they found this hamster with its, its head up against the bars of the cage. And it didn't move at all. It was just there, stuck rigid mm. against the bars looking and just looking. And it, this went on for about a day and it didn't move. So they got really concerned. They took it to the vets and, t- and he took it out at the vets and he was running around all over the vets the vet's table and everything absolutely fine. They were perplexed as to what the problem was. Anyway, the vet looked in the mouth and found a fridge magnet. <laughs> Is that true? That's
0: true. <laughs> That's fantastic. <sighs> Now oh, that's, that's how one. you ended
1: episode of TCD. That is how
0: you ended. Are we? Are we leaving that in?
1: Oh, got to leave that oh, in because
0: well, well, I could nick that for
1: a future show. But no, oh, we not shouldn't. everybody will listen. You can have that for a future show. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's right, <then> it's <laughs> uh, I thought you were going to say they found another hamster. It wasn't theirs.
1: No, there no, no. I, <laughs> I read it and I thought. that's it, that is incredible.
0: Oh, you see, Uh, that's how we had a hamster once. They're nothing but trouble. (laughs) Don't don't get one, folks. They're nothing but trouble.
1: (sighs) Right. See you for 79.
0: All right. Toodaloo. Thank you. Oh, yes. Thank you. (laughs) Toodaloo. (laughs) The Chromecast have got completely out of hand. Rory McLaughlin For subscribing This week